This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I've got a great ambition to die of exhaustion rather than boredom. Thomas Carlyle. I'm going straight, and then all of a sudden I see her turn right. So I turn right, and then she's crossing a log over a stream. Uh-oh. And I step on the log, and then I shake my head, and all of a sudden, I'm just looking at a log. There's no stream. I have just followed hallucination into the woods, and I'm looking at this log that I'm about to step on that's just like, just a fallen log on the ground. There's no stream or anything. Drop's not there. Data's not there. And I turn to my left, and for some reason, the trail is straight, but I made a sharp right turn to follow my hallucination. And drop and data are like 150 feet that way I was like oh my god so I just like ran to catch up with them and I'm like that was wild and I think I was like I need to be in the middle now because I can't be in the back and then at, I remember Dana pulling out his phone to look at gun hook and he pulls it out and literally he just like starts falling over to catch himself and I was like dude are you okay he's like yeah I think I just fell asleep standing up I'm Doc and this is the John freaking Mirpod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail, dirt bags and hiker trash. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute, help us out, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. 
This week, we are talking to a triple crowner who is going to take a nice long walk for a good cause. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, Sam Conley. How's it going, Sam? Pretty good. It's, uh, yeah. Every time you uh, go through that and go, um, if you enjoy it or if you don't enjoy it, keep it to yourself. I don't know if you've listened to the normal cast, like a climb podcast. Did you, your voice and the way you say it sounds exactly like uh, the host of that podcast. It is mind blowing. <laughs> I always think I'm listening to that podcast for a second. It's crazy. Nice. Now, being a triple crowner, you've got some serious trail miles under your under your feet. I imagine that you have picked up a trail name along the way. Yes, uh, Ramen King. Ramen King. You know, I told that to my oldest daughter this morning as I was getting ready for the for the podcast. And, you know, she said, is, is there any connection to uh, Kylie Jenner? I'm like, what, what does that mean? Kylie Jenner? What, what's the connection with the ramen King? And she says, Oh, she's known as the ramen queen. So yeah, have you, have you found your queen yet? I guess is the question. No, uh, non says food, but that's, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Um, wow. <laughs> Yeah, I know we get uh, ramen king, and they go Robin, Robin, and I go no ramen like the food, and then I know we get chuckle. It's about never, it, never uh, a Kylie Jenner follow up question. No, that's that's, that's the a first. first. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Hey, we go by uh, trail names on the podcast here. So Sam, from now on, you are going to be referred to as the ramen king throughout the rest of the episode. You can do that, or just ramen. Usually, how it ends up getting ramen. shortened. That's yeah. right. That's right. In case of emergency out on the trail, you have to you have to have a shorter version of those longer trail names. Exactly. Yeah. If you if you go with all the syllables, you know, something it could be too late. So yeah, you never know. Bears coming at you, they yell ramen king, and by the time they get the ing out, you're missing a leg. <laughs> you're missing a leg. Yeah. Yes. All right. Hey, uh, Ramen, have you had a chance to listen to the podcast before? Yeah. Yep. I've uh, listened to Quadzilla's uh, Chili Max. Um, Captain K Man, and then uh, Dynash told me that uh, Slider was on apparently, so I feel like you gotta go back and find that one because I didn't know that she was on it. Okay, so you are familiar with a segment we have towards the end of the episode uh, called the Pro Tip Inside of the Week. That's where I'll turn to you and ask you to share some trail wisdom with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better. So don't be surprised. And of course, you are expected to drop trail wisdom throughout the episode, but you will be on the hook for that, that final one at the end. All right. Okay. The must bring gear review. And that brings us to the must bring gear review sponsored by the ultralight backpacking gear company, six moon designs. And here's how it works. Ramen. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So ramen, what's your must bring piece of gear? Um, as a photographer, uh, the camera. I actually have it right next to me. It's just kind of laying on my bed. My camera. Um, but other than that, my partner, who's actually going to take the PCT, they give me a lot of crap for it, but the pillow. Never going anywhere without my inflatable pillow. Uh, no specific brand. I've jumped all over the place. I usually just go with whatever the cheapest option is. They all work the same. Um, I think mine right now is like $5 on Amazon, whereas the one I did, the 18 PCT, was like $50 at REI. I stand by there exactly the same. So my flavor pillow. Okay. That's a good, that's a good one because you know, I've talked to people who swear by, Oh, you just put your clothes in a stuff sack or just use your jacket. 
And I've tried that. It is, it's not the same pillow pillows, like a game changer out there in terms of uh, comfort. It's a cheap option. It doesn't weigh a whole lot. Yeah. And it's like, I've, I've used uh, puppies and stuff like rolled into the hood. So what happens if I have to wear the puppy at night and then not a pillow. And if you, if you, if you, if you're able to use clothes as a pillow, I think you're bringing too much clothes. Up. You don't need that much clothes. Oh, there you go. That, that, that almost sounds like a pro tip right there. <laughs> Very good. How many changes of clothes do you usually bring? Let's, let's say for a long trail. I mean, how many, how many changes of clothes did you have on, on a long trail? I sleep with all my head clothes on. I, they never really leave my body. I'll do laundry, to be honest. Um, so I hug with a sun hoodie, shorts. I do bring two pairs of boxers. Um, I know some people go boxerless and just use the, like what, what's in the shorts. But I do that. Um, so I wear one and then I'll do like two days on, two days off them. And then I got two pairs of socks. Let's see. Usually a beanie or like a, some sort of warm hat. And then puffy and then so really the puffy and long underwear are the only extra things i bring okay uh maybe gloves but that's about it and then on the cbt i did bring out a um a synthetic layer as well to wear so i had a puffy and a synthetic layer okay my, my goal on on the longer hikes is to not wash the clothes get them in such a state that they are actually walking by themselves it, it helps with the uh, <laughs> Helps with the, the the miles. I have a lot of photos of my socks just standing right side up, like <laughs> no, it looks like my, my feet are still in there. You still see the dents of my toes and everything. And it's just those definitely don't feel good to put on in the morning, <laughs> especially when they're frozen. Yeah, it doesn't help. That wakes you yeah. up, gets you going. All right, hey, we've got another feature that we uh, we use to help us talk a little bit more about gear and other things related to hiking. It's the hiking poll. The hiking poll. Yeah. So it's a seven question survey that I'm going to uh, ask you to put you. I want to know who I'm talking to in terms of sanity. This is going to help me give you a score of one to a hundred on the, on the sanity uh, scale with 100 being completely sane and one being completely bonkers. And of course, as a long trail through hiker, a triple crowner, there's an automatic 20 point deduction. So the highest score <laughs> you can get is 80. Cause we already know that you're right. crazy. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Here we go. Seven questions. Easy. First one, trekking poles or no trekking poles. Um, I go to, I go with trekking poles, although uh, toward the end of the season, I definitely started stowing them away a bit more just because it was so flat to really see need for them. And then also one broke and I still have to carry it because I used a tarp, which obviously we'll get to that in a second, but um, I had to carry it because that's how I pitched my tarp. Never needed to pitch it again because it never rained. So, but uh, yeah, I'd go trekkables nine out of 10 times. Nine out of 10 times. Okay. Nine out of 10 through hikers recommend hiking poles. <laughs> uh, boots or trail runners? What's on your feet? Trail runners. Yep. I wore boots. I went through two pairs of boots on the AT and then uh, I think by Tennessee's when I swapped the trail runners and then I was like wow I have made a big mistake I could have made the first like x amount of miles so much easier so yeah, do you think that's runners. a you think that's a trend you think that's a pattern that, that most people get into hiking through hiking and they say you know I, I feel like I have to wear boots I've heard about boots I need to wear boots and people kind of migrate from boots to trail runners once they've been you know so many miles on the trail yeah, um, I think I think part of that, and also like 
maybe they see somebody like, I don't know, Instagrammers or YouTubers using showrunners and they're like, oh, there must be someone behind this. And you realize just how comfy they are and how well they do work. Unless you have like some pre-existing injury that prevents you or that, that you need boots and that support for I twist my ankle on the daily, even in my daily life and never needed any sort of a over the ankle shoe. Mm-hmm. I can see if you have a weak ankle, like maybe, but I have no idea. Right now in your time on the, uh, on the triple crown, on uh, triple crown hikes, what percentage of people were wearing boots out there as opposed to trail runners? Like probably less than 10%, I would say. Yeah. You definitely stuck out. Whenever you saw someone with boots, you're like, oh, the person wearing boots. Weird. And I won't lie. I think I'm, the immediate assumption is that they're probably not through hiking. Because right. you, like, people do start out with boots, and I think they quickly do swap, and then they never go back. Yeah, I think that there is a, just from people I've talked to um, and the hiking pool repeatedly, uh, I think my, my impression is that there is a certain small percentage of people who swear by boots and will not, they'll always have boots. That is, that yeah. is their MO. That's their comfort level. It's worked for them and, and good for them. But I think, so of that 10%, I'm thinking probably, you know, five to 7% of those maybe new hikers who thought they needed to start with, with hiking boots and they're going to swap out at some point. The other maybe three to 5% are the hardcore uh, boot wearing folks out there. So yep. if you're thinking about, getting out there and, and doing some long distance hiking and you think that you need to, to wear boots and you're listening to this right now, you know, reconsider that, take a, take a look, uh, try on some trail runners. Uh, they are, you know, I think the, the old saying goes that uh, an extra pound on the foot is five more on the back. Yep. So exactly yeah. I've heard as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hey, how about your preferred shelter system? Tent, tarp, hammock, bivy, or cowboy camping? Lots of choices there. All right. Well, if weather's good, I will always choose cowboy camping. Um, and then I go back and forth on the tent tarp idea. So the long trail, Colorado trail and CTA tarp um, for the PST and AT, I did use a tent. I think it depends on if I were to do the AT again, I think I'd use a tarp just because there's the shelters. Assuming you're not in the bubble the whole time, the shelters are always available, always there. Never had an issue with them, especially going southbound. So I'd go with the tarp just as a backup. Uh, PCT, I had a big time. I started with a tarp tent pro trail, uh, which phenomenal tent. I used the entire AT. So I used it for the AT and the PCT, started PCT with it, quickly realized it is really hard to get good stakes in the desert down there. Um, either it's just like light layer of sand and hard rock or like just soft sand and one gust of wind is gone. So around mile 300, I did switch to a freestanding tent for that trail. And then after that, into Colorado Trail and Scott, you know, I'll try the tarp, you know, that seems like a good way to uh, uh, save some weight. So I went with an eight by 10 tarp and uh, did it, did the whole trail, loved it. Thought it was a little too big. So for the long trail and CDT, I switched to a, what was it? It was, uh, I think I should know this, but I think it's uh, seven feet in width in the front, five and a half in width in the back, like red feet go. I want to say, eight or nine feet long that was a little too short i think i'd go back to the eight by ten okay but yeah it would goes i definitely prefer the tarp over tent but if it's where i know i'm gonna have trouble staking it i'm gonna do it with tent okay and t- t- tell us a little bit about the shelter life on the at i mean what are the advantages and disadvantages of communal living in a in a shelter along the trail 
Uh, it's dirty, first of all. It's uh, you don't really have any privacy. Um, a lot of mice. Occasionally, some shelters you'll like hear them, if your head's on the like the ground, you'll see them scurrying all night. Uh, they'll run over you sometimes. I've definitely slapped a mouse off my face while I slept. Oh, and like I hit it, and then you hear like a thud and hit the wall across the shelter. Um, and then you kind of gotta give a. What bothers me sometimes is people who uh get upset if you if people show up late or leave early in the shelter to wake you up. I think there should be an accepted like if you're using the shelter, people are gonna show up late, people are gonna leave early. You kind of have to deal with that. That's you probably have a shelter. You can set up your tent or a tarp or whatever hammock, and not sleep in the shelter if you want. But the shelter's quick, easy, and I think as a communal living area, you have to expect people to show up after sunset and leave before sunrise and not be upset. Right. Now, as you were talking about slapping that mouse, I thought that'd be a good trail name, Mouse Slapper. But uh, I I realized realized that in the beginning part of this episode, I did not ask you about the story (laughs) behind your trail name. And that's always intriguing to me. So tell tell us about, I was too too preoccupied by, you know, are you related to the ramen queen? Um, Tell us about how you got your trail name, ramen. So I did the AT with my good buddy, his trailer was fuzzy. Right out of high school, me and him are high school friends, still talk to this day. Um, his car actually got broken to by a bear in Lake Tahoe, but that doesn't really matter. Um, so right out of high school, had no money. I did the entire AT on a budget of like $2,200. So I was like, all right, I'm going to just eat ramen the entire time, oatmeal and ramen, and that's it. So going 100 miles, I had two one-gallon bags of ramen. And we we're sitting in a shelter and someone's making ramen. Like, oh, man, I love ramen. And they point at me and at the time it was like, hey, Sam, show this person how much ramen you have. So I pull out two one gallon bags of ramen that's not even crushed up, literally just blocks of ramen. <laughs> and like something like a cartel movie, but with ramen. And uh, they pulled out and it's just like, they look at me they're like, oh, you're like the king of ramen, ramen king. And then it just stuck. That was like day three or four or something on trail. And it just stuck ever since. And then uh, quickly got really tired of ramen. I think like, I don't know. A month and a half later, I stopped eating ramen and I didn't eat ramen again until like Oregon on the PCT. But the name just stuck. I just like, I could not eat it. I was, and even to this day, I'm just like, ah, it's, I'll carry one with me just because it's like good to throw in and soak up some extra water along with mashed potatoes. But definitely not a fan of ramen. <laughs> yeah. The, the trail, if you're not careful with your, your food choices out there, the trail can ruin certain food items for you. Yeah. The food I've got tired of was, uh, Ramen and uh, Nora's pasta and rice sides. But other than that, I probably eat in like probably f- top 5% like Snickers eaters, Snicker eater in the world, probably. I've eaten a lot of Snickers. Actually, I don't know if you can see my food bag back here. Uh, where is it? Here it is. Hanging up on the wall, but it's a custom made Robin King food bag that the Robin King is in Snickers font and it's got Snickers all over it. Nice. Now, Top five percent of snicker eaters in the world. That that's a bold <laughs> statement, Ramen. I put money on that. Yeah, I put money on that. In order to qualify, in order to get to that rare air of snickerhood, what? Uh, how many? How many snickers do you have to eat daily? So on the PCT, for a majority of it, I'd say I was eating about six to eight snickers a day. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, towards the end of the AT, I was eating probably four to six a day. Colorado Trail was also six to eight. Long Trail, probably about six. 
Um, and then CDT definitely leaned off it a bit, but probably it was still up there. Definitely still dropped up there. it down to five and a half. Yeah, I used to be able to just buy Snickers, but then it became I would buy whatever was less than a dollar a bar. So I got it. I definitely got a reputation of being the cheapest in the group. I've, Frugal. Uh, you got to you got to make yes. that, that dollar stretch. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and and were, were Snickers or our Snickers are they on the pricier end of the candy spectrum? Uh, they're definitely less likely to be on the sale, I would say. But when they are, that is definitely if if it's like. 98 cents a bar or sometimes it's like two for a dollar. I'll definitely go with that over anything else. Okay. Now I know you're, you're taking a hike for a cause and we're going to get to that a little bit later, but have you thought about being sponsored by ramen and Snickers? I mean, it's (laughs) right up your alley. If, if anyone knows someone in the marketing for those two companies, I would gladly take on that sponsorship. I don't, I mean, I'm sure I wonder if Snickers does sponsor anyone. That would be a, that'd be cool. I would, I would accept that. Let's make that happen. Yeah. Okay. Back to the poll here. Uh, sleep system, sleeping bag or quilt? Definitely quilt all the way. I uh, sent home my quilt and boss sleep bag on the CDT because my quilt was like, had like 6,500 miles on it and was not providing a lot of warmth. It was like, it's a 20 degree, probably when it sent it home was right at like 50 degrees. Uh, so, and the only thing I find was a sleep bag. So I was like, oh, I'll buy a sleep bag, you know, first, first week out. Definitely a solidified quilt all the way. I, I, I toss and turn a lot, and I'm a side sleeper. And the quilt makes that so much easier to come here. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Hey, this next question, Raman, is very dangerous. Um, big point deduction is possible here, so be careful. Uh, when it comes to food, I know you're a Snickers guy. I know you're a ramen guy for a little while. But uh, when it comes to food, are you stove, cold soak, or stoveless? Definitely stove. Okay. Yeah. Safely navigated. Very good. Yep. <laughs> Need to have that hot meal. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Have you ever tried cold soaking ramen and uh, given that a shot? No, I've tried cold soaking instant mashed potatoes. I ate them out of the bag one day because it's so windy. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to try to light my stove. It's like, I don't want to build a, like, a windscreen. It's too, too much right now. Let's just cold soak it. I ate like half a bag of Idaho and then packed the rest out and threw them in the trash can. It was disgusting. So bad. All right. Last. Oh, I have two more questions. Uh, life is better above or below the tree line. Uh, I definitely prefer it above until the weather gets crappy than below, but for definitely above. I would go with above. Okay. I'm noticing there's a lot of kind of uh, it depends answers from you. Yeah. Got to get Got to know the situation. Got to read the situation and act appropriately. Exactly. Okay. And last question: Do you pack for comfort or speed? What's your What's your base weight? Uh, I don't actually know what my base weight is with the camera. I mean, the new camera is a lot lighter, probably like 75% of the weight or maybe 50% of what my last one was. But my base weight, if I were to guess, uh, uh, before the camera and camera battery and charge were added, I'd probably say I was bouncing about 10 to 12 pounds would be my guess. Um, I'd say I'd fall between, between, fall in the middle of comfort and speed where like the long trail, I try to do as quickly as possible. So I definitely give up some comfort in that aspect. Uh, but for through hikes, definitely more in the middle. Uh, I want to be able to go quick, but my logic is at the end of the day, I should be so tired and exhausted that I can sleep wherever and wherever I want in whatever position I want. So I, I go in the middle, definitely in the middle, because I'm okay. not going to have that pillow. 
Okay. Now I know I was going to say, I know your pillow is, is a luxury item. Do you have any other luxury items that you carry besides the pillow? Um, I, I do carry a journal actually. Here's the, it's my long trail journal. I have one from every trail I've hiked. Okay. My, now if you are, if you're listening to the podcast and you're not watching on YouTube, hit pause, go to the, go to the YouTube version. He's not holding up a journal. That's like 400 pages, eight and a half by 11. It's a, it's a, it's like a little black book that you put phone numbers in. The uh, for our listeners the out there who are familiar with it. little black books, uh, I, I kind of just it, it dated myself, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, the uh, the one of the, the one I used on the A2 was a lot bigger, and then when I uh did the PCT, I was immediately like, there's no need for one this big. So I've been buying the same books now for like I think I have like just three unopened ones laying around somewhere just in case. Okay. Well, that was the hiking pole. Let me do some quick calculation here. I got to carry the four. We're going to divide by the uh, square root of two, multiply by pi, making a slight adjustment for the atmospheric pressure on top of Whitney and comes out to a 66. That's solid. I'll take it. It's a badge of honor right there. (laughs) Now, depending on how the conversation goes, you could lose some points off of that, or you could gain some points. We'll see how the the rest of the episode goes. I think I have some stories. I'll probably lose some points. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Is one of your stories about the bear in the car in Tahoe? Oh, I wasn't there. No, that happened like two days ago. We woke up to a, a like a group Snapchat from a buddy who's house sitting for my friend Tahoe. He's like, oh, it's snowing outside. And uh, the plow guy left a note saying a bear broke into your car, but he shut the door. It's okay. <laughs> so hope there wasn't too much damage. Surprisingly, there was nothing. There was just a lot of snow in the car. Okay. Well, in yeah. the grand scheme of things, it could have been much worse. Absolutely. All right. Hey, Raman, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit. Uh, let's talk about your background, where you grew up. Was camping and hiking, were those parts of your childhood growing up? Was that part of your family dynamic? And uh, how did you get involved in the through hiking cult? Because let's be honest, that's what it is. Any organization or group that gets you to sleep in the dirt for months at a time has got to be a cult. No judgment. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying what it is. Uh, actually, no, that was not part of my growing up at all. Um, my mom was a little outdoorsy. My dad, definitely not so much. I mean, he's he's very much in sports. Like, he was a basketball coach for probably my entire life. He actually stopped coaching, like, a year or two ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up in Belmont, Massachusetts. Um, it's actually funny. Apparently, the author of the book that Chili Mac recommended when he was on your podcast, he grew up in the same town, and I had no idea. Um, but right outside of Boston, I don't know, maybe, like, 15 minutes west driving uh, to get to Boston or to get to Belmont from Boston. Um, and then my, my best friend, Jack, who uh, I started hanging out with maybe eighth grade middle school. Um, he got me into climbing. And then from there, he's, his family is very outdoorsy. So he took us all climbing occasionally. And then I think like the week before our senior year in high school, he was like, Oh, let's go to Mount Greylock. And I was like, sure. So me, him and our buddy Dylan all did Mount Greylock. We were planning, I think. We drove out there, slept in the car, trailhead. And I remember just being so anxious, sleeping in the car and trailhead. I was like, oh, this is so sketchy. Like, yada, 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 we're going to die. Funny because I know I do that all the time. But little did you know, up. little did yeah, you know exactly. that, hey, yeah. sleeping in the car, that's, a, that's, that's luxury. I love sleeping in my car. Um, and then we woke up, like, just after sunrise, did Mount Greylock, halfway up, or I think like 0.5 from the top, there's this little uh, cobblestone shelter on this little pond and it started raining. So we slept in there. Uh, 
that night. Um, and we sit there, hang out. Um, I don't know, maybe around like 9 p.m. sunset, stark out. This headlamp comes up. We're like, oh my gosh, it's a stranger. And he knocks like, hey, can, we, can I come in? We're like, yeah, sure, dude. So he comes in, sits down. We were talking a little bit. And he pulls out the AWOL guy. And seeing this, I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, huh. And my friend's talking to him. Jack's talking to him. He's like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just doing a section from, uh, I'm going to Connecticut to um, Katahdin on the Appalachian Trail to finish my, uh, my, my hike. I'm like, oh, cool. And I was like, oh, yeah, totally, totally. And I have no idea what, what he was talking about. <laughs> You're playing it out. Fake, fake yeah, it till you I, make it, man. That's right. Oh, I, do, I do that all the time. But if people tell me something, like, yeah, cool, cool. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what they were talking about. But uh, he left. Um, he's like, oh, I'll do another two miles to another shelter. I'm like, all right, bye. And then he left, and I turned to my buddy. He's like, what is he doing? My buddy's like, oh, he's hiking on the Appalachian Trail from uh, Connecticut to Maine. I was like, that's crazy. He's like, oh, well, it actually runs from Georgia to Maine. I was like, who the hell would ever want to do something like that? <laughs> and that was summer of 2015. And then fast forward about a year and three months later, I finished my through hike. So it quickly went from being like, wow, that's crazy to I'm in sitting my class in uh, in school. And I didn't actually finish. I actually dropped out of high school, like with very few months left, just because I missed so many classes i will get into later but anyway i dropped out so i quickly knew i was like i'm not going to college anyway like i don't really want to but um so i'm like searching stuff i was like yeah i'll go hike the at maybe when i'm on the at i'll figure out what i want to do and so i left or i'm googling it and it quickly turned from oh this is something cool to okay i'm gonna do this so that hike i was talking about was september and then i left in june so I don't know how long that is, but nine, nine months about. Yeah. Yeah. So I went from never hearing about it to nine months later, starting up through hike with my buddy. Uh, so, and we both finished. So I, I always find that fascinating when I, when I'm talking to somebody who's done one of one or more of the American long trails, you know, when, when was that moment of awareness where they first discovered that, that these things exist and it's almost like, you know, a seed is planted or, you know, it, it just kind of yeah. tunnels into you and takes over until you are compelled to take it on. And uh, that, that it's always, a lot of times it's a moment where they come across a, a through hiker when they're out on a day hike, maybe, or a, a, you know, a shorter hike. And, and they're amazed at that this thing exists that goes from Georgia to Maine or from Mexico to Canada. And you can, you can walk that entire length and, and it just, it quickly becomes an obsession, like you said. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it quickly turns from, okay, I'll do this one, I'll do the AT, and maybe I'll figure out what I want to do, and like halfway through the AT, I'm already thinking about gear for the PCT and when we get the PCT, and then I remember when I started the CDT, I told Chili, I told Chili Mac and the guy who started with Chewy and Chili Mac's girlfriend at the time, I was like, yeah, I'll, this the Chill Crown will be like my last, the CDT will finish up the Chill Crown and be like my last like five month long journey, and I think at that time I, I meant it at the time. I'm like, I still want to do other three hikes at the AZT and stuff like that. That's maybe a month and a half or less. But I don't want to do like a five-month-long hike or something. And they're like, yeah, okay, sure. And then like half of the ACAT, I was like, yeah, that was definitely a lie. That's not going to – that's not the case. <laughs> All right. Hey, some other follow-up questions for, uh, for you about uh, what you just relayed there. Number one, uh, you're from the Boston area. 
we we here in my family we, we were uh, patriot fans in southern california because okay. because at the time my son was was uh, little like five six years old um there was no football team in la and so he he just kind of gravitated towards the the patriots they were very successful back in the early 2000s and so we quickly as a, a family kind of latched on and, and became patriot fans and so i want to get your perspective are you about the whole tom brady situation are you a Tom Brady fan now that he's left? Are you like, okay, he's, he's, I'm never going to speak of him again. Or how, what, what's the vibe there? Um, I actually, so my dad actually owns a sports bar and because they'd expect me to actually watch sports and know about them. I follow very little. Uh, I, the only time I'll ever sit down and watch a sports game. If it's like, like Super Bowl playoffs, championships, anything like that. I'll, I might go and watch or I'll pay more attention to it at work on mm-hmm. that. I'll see it. If it's, if there's a game on during my shift, but yeah, no, he's a phenomenal athlete. I have no, I don't really care either way, but yeah, okay. he's one of, I mean, from what I've seen and read, cause again, don't really watch anything. He's probably one of the best uh, uh, quarterbacks out there, but it was, uh, I've seen, I've like, I've gone to a few games. They're always fun to see live, but yeah, definitely don't have any feelings either way. <laughs> Okay. So I'm interested. I know that some, some folks back there are diehard Patriots and they felt abandoned by Brady. And so they've, they will, you know, they'll never root for him again. And I I know other people who also are are diehard fans who are very appreciative of, you know, what he did for the team and, you know, how many Super Bowl championships they won and, you know, they'll always pull for Tommy. So it's interesting to to see the, uh, the, the different attitudes there. From what I've seen, my dad and his friends, uh, the moment, I think last year, you know, last year, the moment the Patriots are out of the playoffs or if they didn't make the playoffs, they immediately started uh, rooting for the Seahawks. I think, right, that's where he joined? No, no, he's yeah. with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah, that one. Buccaneers. <laughs> they immediately started rooting for the Buccaneers. So that shows how much I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, when your friend's family took you climbing, you said took you climbing. So was that rock climbing or was that like multi-pitch uh, climbing? What, what kind of climbing was that? Uh, yeah. So my buddy and his family super athletic, but, uh, my buddy would start taking us to like the rock gym and my mom took me a few times, like when I was younger, I loved it, mm-hmm. but I just never went a lot. So then once one of us could drive, we all got memberships. We started going to the rock gym and then he was like, Oh, let's go up to Romney, New Hampshire. We started climbing Romney, New Hampshire a little bit. Um, and then there's a place called, uh, and it's a big quarry. It's, um, a big quarry near our house. Like just some bolted routes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that. But we set up like top rope anchors and go mess around there. Uh, super fun and it's like looking back at it now that i know a lot more of the systems like i was surprised nobody died because those anchors were definitely not up to par for what they should have been uh but yeah we we did um, a lot of outdoor stuff uh mostly it's like top roping didn't really get this floor climb until like 2017 when i lived in colorado for a little bit mm-hmm. but uh yeah a lot, a lot of gym climbing as well got it got it now um you've mentioned the the sports bar. One of, one of my questions is, you know, how do you finance your adventures? What do you do to pay the bills? Is that, uh, is that your primary source of income for funding your adventures? Yeah. Uh, I work there. Um, I work uh, Tuesday, double Wednesday, double and Thursday morning and every Thursday night. And then now that my partner's away and I'm not going to New Hampshire, I'm just taking as many shifts as possible because I'm leaving like 20 days or so. But yeah, so I worked there and then I started making some money from photos um, so like Chili hooked me up with hyperlights. I've been working them a little bit and then I've been selling some photos. I don't know. I have some prints up here on the, um, there's one print. Nice. Uh, yeah. Or something. But, uh, yeah, I saw some prints on the side and then, um, 
but yeah, my main source of income is definitely uh, I'm a server bartender okay. at my dad's restaurant. But that's hopefully this last season. We'll see. <laughs> and you're the, you're the second bartender in uh, that I've talked to in a couple of weeks here. So we're developing a new trend here on the the John freaking Mirpot. You you can get jobs anywhere, and it's very easy to leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, the, the other guy I talked to, he said, you know, I spent a lot of time behind bars. I made it sound like it was a oh. prison, prison sentence, <laughs> ex-con. So he's a funny guy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Behind bars. That's, a, that's what I would imagine. That's what I would assume right off the bat as well. <laughs> All right. Hey, you want to give a shout out to the uh, the name of the, the sports bar? Uh, Conley's Pub and Grill in Watertown, Massachusetts. Conley's Pub and Grill. There you go. So. Yep. If you're if you're, uh, if you're listening to this and you want to get a sense of where Ramen King spends some of his time when he's not out on the trail, go to go to Conley's. Uh, I'm sorry, Pub and Grill, right? Conley's yes. Pub and Grill. Yes. Okay. Now we we we've done a little bit of name dropping here in our early conversation. You you ha- we do have some common acquaintances. You you have interacted and know some people that have been on the podcast before. Yes. Um, yeah. So like Chili Mac actually. He messaged me on Instagram when he was when he was starting the AT or he was already on the AT to ask some questions because I hiked here for him. And then we were like kind of on and off. Like I did photography, he did photography, we post photo and like, yeah, that's a cool photo for maybe four years. And then he posted on the CD, he posted, he's like, I'm gonna do CT this year, southbound. I'm like, and the person I was gonna hike with just failed because they ended up getting pregnant with their husband, so they couldn't hike it. Uh, but I was like, yo, when are you starting? Are you starting with anyone? And he was like, oh, I'm starting this date. No. And I was like, well, you know, if you don't have a partner, let me know. Cause like the person else hiking failed. And that ended up working out. It's funny, like, like, cool, let's start this date. Just like a random date. We threw it out mid mid-June. Cool. And like months go by. We didn't talk to each other at all. And like two weeks before starting, I'm like, yo, still on? He's like, yeah. It's like, all right, cool. And then we ended up meeting Glacier uh, with the idea of just getting through Grizzly Country together and then maybe going separate ways, but ended up becoming best friends and doing the entire trail together. So that worked out nice. surprisingly well. Yeah. And then uh, I got Captain K-Man. Um, uh, hiked a bit with him. Uh, super cool guy. See, so I think we hiked from pretty much like New Mexico down together, I would say. Maybe okay. a little bit more north. Uh, Quadzilla. Uh, I didn't hike with him too much, but Leapfrog talked him a bit. Um, great dude. I talked to him a bit on Instagram during his uh, county of trip right now. He's mm-hmm. absolutely crushing it. Yeah, and he then, is. Uh, yeah, and I know you said you talked to Dine Dash, so I've actually been playing a lot of video games with him. Me and him both got the Oculus VRs. So oh, nice, nice. Yep. <laughs> a lot of mini golf on that. And then uh, Slide, I've been with her. So I don't know if that she's on the podcast. I've got to go back to listen to that one. Slider, what's her? I'm trying to, I don't remember talking to a slider. Oh, maybe she wasn't on it. The Dine Dash said she was, but I didn't think she was either. Uh, she yeah. was a trombone. Hmm. No, yeah. All right. So maybe she wasn't. Yeah. So that's that wrong. You know, I'm old, so maybe, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just forgetting. But uh, I, I don't. That doesn't sound familiar. Now, if if she slider, if you're listening to this and you were on the podcast, I I totally apologize. But uh, it's just I'm, I'm getting old. Uh, Dining Dash. I had fun talking to Dining Dash. He was he was gearing up to do the calendar year triple crown, and that was kind of yep. the focus of our episode. And then he decided that he was not going to give that a shot this year. So I had I, I pulled his episode. That it's like yeah. you're wondering out there. Hey, where's the Dining Dash episode? Uh, it's it's in the archives right now. It's not ready for for publication because he's not doing the calendar year triple crown. He did just fly out to the PCT though uh, this morning. Okay. 
So he's starting, I think, either tomorrow or in two days. Okay, so instead of doing all three, he's just focusing on the one? Yeah. And some other side yep. adventures, maybe? Got yeah. it. Okay. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, your your three uh, long trails that you've done that made you a triple crowner. And we're also going to talk about your photography and talk about the cause. I know we, we've teased it a couple of times. I want to talk about the big hike and what the cause is. And, and we'll hear about that. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going, knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. Six Moon Designs has been innovating ultralight backpacking gear for the past 20 years. With a wide range of products ranging from ultralight shelters to backpacks and accessories like their extensive line of trekking umbrellas, Six Moon Designs is sure to have a great piece of gear for your needs. With the company philosophy being that gear should aid one's experience, not define it, Six Moon Designs thinks the more time people spend outside the natural world, the better off this world will be. And remember, go wild, live young. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify, and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. Welcome back. We are talking to Sam Conley, Ramen King, or just Ramen. I'm surprised it didn't just shorten to King. Is it King sometimes? No, I've actually never had it that way. Nope. <laughs> You'd have the substance. I mean, the, 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 the real the real important part of those that two-word two phrase is Ramen, right? Of Ramen King Absolutely. is about the Ramen. So, got yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Now, he is a triple crowner. Uh, you did the AT in 2016, and when you were halfway along, you are already plotting, you know, how to get to the PCT. And yeah. uh, when when did you realize that you were going to be a triple crowner? Uh, so I think around Pennsylvania, we met a guy named Data who was finishing his triple crown on the AT. I'm going to become a great friend of mine, um, and he was he would talk about the PCT, and I didn't hear about the CBT until maybe like I think 500 miles into the AT. I was going southbound, so. 
I'm not sure exactly where, but uh, the PCT I've heard on and off. Um, and he would just talk about how beautiful the PCT was and then like how wild the CT was. So at first I was like, yeah, CT sounds kind of out of my comfort zone. I'm not really into that. But the PCT sounds a lot cooler. Like he was, be- he was pretty much described as the most beautiful views with the easiest hiking. I was like, I like the sound of that. Um, and then I think by like, I don't know, month, like three and a half, four, on the AT, I was like, all right, I'm definitely going to go for the Triple Crown. So, Okay, so you're still I, on yeah. your first one when you decided, I'm doing all three. Yeah. You know, I don't know when I would do it, but I knew I was going to do the PCT soon. Yeah. You know, I've talked to a couple of people who have done two of the three and have no interest in doing the third one, but I think that's that uncommon. Mind. I yeah, think that that's uncommon. I think that, that <laughs> most people who, who have done two of the three, I mean, it's almost like, you know, I am bound to do the third one. You know, I, I've already yeah. done two thirds of it. I want to be a triple crowner. Yeah. I've, I've always heard you can do one and stop and you can do two and stop. Yeah. It's so a, it's a rare really breed, cool. rare breed yeah. that can do that. Okay. So, uh, 18, 2016 PCT in 2018. And then the, the CDT last year in 2021, yep. which one did you enjoy the most? CDT. Absolutely. Really? Okay. Yes. In terms of like, it, it just felt like, there, there are times that I did truly feel like a wild experience. Yeah. Um, PCT, most beautiful views, absolutely. I think PCT is most beautiful, but the CDT, just like... Oh, yeah, sorry. I'm going to say the CDT has the most beautiful views, but the PCT had beautiful views every single day. Where the CDT, you gotta... There's some pretty boring sections in between the beautiful views. But... And CDT just felt so wild. And the wildlife you see is incredible. Um place you see it just feel a lot more remote mm-hmm. and I, I think that was my favorite it's like okay. experiences of it now are you familiar with ginger balls triple crowner no oh he, he, he posts some great stuff uh on instagram you should, you should look him up uh he, he is a great guy he's been on the podcast multiple times he's uh got a lot of great stories but he he said you know he did the tri- he did the triple crown and the cdt was the last one and he, he said when he he was thoroughly frustrated by the the first part of the cdt in new mexico he was going northbound and he said you know if i had started with the cdt i never would have finished the cdt and (laughs) i I never would have done another long trail because he would have said this is this is not for me it's like the cdt is an acquired taste yeah i've heard i've definitely heard that a lot as well and i went southbound so it was a little bit different because you're starting a glacier which is absolutely spectacular incredibly beautiful area so that's a little different, but I definitely see starting northbound as your first hike going through uh, southern New Mexico. It's like, wow, this is, there's nothing here. It's just cactus and dead stuff. Yeah. And water sources with, you know, yep. cow patties. Uh, exactly. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so that's, that's interesting. You did the CDT southbound. How about the PCT? Northbound or southbound? I did the northbound, northbound on the PCT and, and southbound the AT? on the AT. Uh, southbound. Southbound on the AT. So you've done. Yep. You've done two of the three from uh, unconventional direction. Yes. And I will say, I'd like to go back and do the PC Southbound now, but with the fires every year, I don't think PC Southbound is very viable anymore. It just doesn't seem like it is. Yeah. So. Now, the CDT is remote. I mean, you're, you're, you're out in the middle of nowhere uh, for the majority of that trail. And it's not as popular as the other two trails. Right. And so if, even if you're doing it northbound, my understanding is you don't encounter a lot of people. 
And I have to imagine that going southbound on the CDT, you see even even fewer people. So no, most years, yes. I know Chili Mac, I talked about this a bit, but our year southbound was ridiculous with the amount of people. I've never seen more hikers in my life. Oh, wow. It was, more, it was definitely more populated than the AT southbound, and it rivaled the PCT northbound, I would say. Um, I think a lot, I think we either got ahead of the crowd or because there's so many different routes you can take or because taking different routes is encouraged. Um, maybe like you don't see as much because you split off so quickly. Uh, but after like, the first, like, I'd say after Lincoln, we definitely started seeing a lot less people, which I mean, is, that's only 150, 200 miles in maybe. Um, it's a third, second or third resupply, depending on what you do. Uh, but it's, and when you're in East Glacier, that the, the East Glacier Village, I think it is, uh, there were so many hikers. I've, it was just ridiculous. Like, again, the permits for Glacier was a bit of a headache. Um, we kind of lucked out, but some people had to go northbound through Glacier, even though they were hiking southbound. Uh, some people zeroed at campsites. Some people had, like, a five-mile day and then, like, a 35-mile day. Um, ours, we lucked out, and I think we had, like, one 18-mile day. But it was a very, very busy year. But I think most years, that is correct. CDT southbound is extremely remote. Yeah. Okay. Now, what what, uh, what are the logistics on your hikes? When uh, How many days did it take you on the AT? Do you have an uh, approximation there? Yeah, AT was June 15th, November 13th. So it was just under five months. The okay. PCT was April 15th to August. So I always get this mix, mix, mixed up. It was either August 27th or August 28th because we had to tag the border and then walk back. So I don't know if what day we actually tagged the border right. on or what day we walked back on. So that was just over four months. Uh, and then the CDT was June 23rd to November 3rd. So just under four and a half, I believe. Okay. So you, you're putting in a pretty good clip then. I mean, uh, you're not, you're not doing the six or seventh month you're doing, you're doing yeah. between three and four months. I, I can't afford that. like that, that, that long. <laughs> <laughs> Nor would I want it. I gotta, I gotta mix it up. It's like, I gotta, I gotta push myself a little bit and I can't hike that slow. It's just like, I enjoy views and stuff, but I'll come back and enjoy views. If I'm out there to go from point A to point B, I want to challenge myself a little bit and I'm okay with having short days here and there, but if every day was like a 10 mile day, I, I would lose my mind. Yeah. And so were there any, any, any points out there where you were like, what am I doing out here? Uh, you question your decision to be out on the trail or you find yourself maybe in a, a dangerous situation. Uh, yeah. I think on the AT, I had a lot of, especially starting. I remember uh, somebody got taught and got down the rainbow, rainbow stream campsite it was me, my buddy Fuzzy, and then the two friends who started with us, stationed at 100 miles. Um, I, I remember I finished, and I think if I had cell phone service, I probably would have called him. I think I did try to call him mom and pick me up. This is day one or night one. Like, oh, my God, what the hell am I doing? Uh, did that service, thankfully, because you're in Baxter State Park. Um, ended up in, like, by, like, day three, 100 miles. And service is a lot less spotty than I expected. So I'm able to like call people, talk to people, my girlfriend at the time, you know. And it was more like, oh, okay, cool, you know, I can talk to people. Um, and then we started meeting more hikers and started making friends. And I was like, all right, this is a lot better. And then it was just, it just got better and better as it went on. And then I got shin splints in Virginia going over, I think, Priest. 
and I ran out of food. So I have no food. I shin splints. I can barely walk. I'm like in tears the entire day. We're doing 25 miles. I sat on a rocket one day and just like my head in my, like my head in my hands and just like sobbing. And this, these day hikers go by and like, yo, you okay? And like in between breaths and tears, I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Thank you for asking. I'm doing well. And then I kept going. I was like eating, like nibbling on my Snickers bar. Cause it's like, I have like two scoops of peanut butter and that one Snickers bar left to do 25 miles. So that, I think those were the start of the AT and that part on the AT. I was like, what the hell am I doing out here? Those are some rough moments. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah when, when, you, when you have to respond in between sobs, that's uh, that's a, yep. a tough time, tough time. But yeah. obviously, the longer you went, the easier it got, and uh, yep. the more accustomed you got to, to being out there on the trail. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, what was your highest mileage day? Uh, that was on the Colorado Trail. So the girl I met on the PCT, she became like my sister. She's she's great. Um, her and her boyfriend actually starting the the CDT this year and. I think like a few days or maybe a few weeks, but so I hiked for mile 300 at the end of the PCT with her. Um, and then she lives in the Netherlands. So I was like, yo, can we do Colorado trail? She's like, sure. And I think like within the first day, she's like, oh, we never did that two marathon day that we we're talking about on PCT. We should do it. I was like, yeah, totally. And my friend Data, who I mentioned before, who I met on the AT, he's doing the Colorado trail with us. We met up with him at Twin Lakes and leaving Silverton. Uh, we're leaving and she's like, oh, let's do the two marathons. We're like, yeah, all right, 50, what is that? 52.4 miles, let's do it. We leave, and in the first two hours, Dana turns around and it's like, why don't we just, I mean, if we do this, uh, the two marathons, we're only like 27 miles from the end, we should just keep going. And we're like, all right, 86 miles in one go? Yeah, we can do it. And I turned to drop, I was like, yeah, drop you in? She's like, absolutely. So we're gone, night one sets. Uh, you know, some hallucinations, not too bad. And we keep going. And then I think like we do the two marathons in like she does it in like 23 hours and 30 minutes. And I come in at like 23 hours and 50 minutes. And the data, I have a video of him running down the hill at like two hours, like 23 hours and 59 minutes. He just made the cutoff time, the cutoff time. There's no the makeup cutoff time. And we're like, cool. All right. 27 more miles or something like that. Let's, let's keep going. And so that hang, night, on, hang on, hang on a yeah. second, Robin. You did, you did the, the two, two marathons in 23 hours, 50 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then you still have 27 yeah. miles left after that. Yes. And okay. we haven't and, slept yet. And what kinds of hallucinations <laughs> are you having? Do you remember? So the first night was like, you know, not, nothing too bad. Like at the corner of your eye, you just see like a shadow move and it's like, Oh, nothing's there. Right. Whatever. And you see that here and there, like I'm nothing too bad. Like that, that person, I was just shadows and stuff. Like, you know, maybe you see something that looks like an animal, but it's just like a log or see something that looks like a person, but it's just like, I don't know, a stick, but yeah, it's, you're up at elevation. You have like 10 to 12,000 feet probably, uh, haven't slept. And then the next night, probably around like, I guess mile like 70, 73 without sleeping. I am literally falling asleep while walking and like my pace drop. I'm, I'm in the front of the pack for some reason. And my pace has dropped to like, less than a mile an hour and at one point i turn around like somebody's going front so dana's like all right i'll go in front and then drop into me and i'm just looking at the ground following drops footprints or following her steps and i'm going straight and then all of a sudden i see her turn right so i turn right and then she's crossing a log over a stream Uh-oh. and i step on the log and then i shake my head and all of a sudden i'm just looking at a log there's no stream it's like she's not even near me 
I'm have just followed hallucination into the woods and I'm looking at this log that I'm about to step on that's just like just a fallen log on the ground. There's no stream or anything. Drop's not there. Data's not there. And I turn to my left. And for some reason, the trail was straight, but I made a sharp right turn to follow my hallucination. And drop and data are like 150 feet in that way. I was like, oh my God. So I just like ran to catch up with them. And I was like, that was wild. And I think I was like, I need to be in the middle now because I can't be in the back. And then at, I remember data pulling out his phone to look at gut hook. And he pulls it out. And literally, he just like starts falling over to catch himself. And I was like, dude, you okay? He's like, yeah, I think I just fell asleep standing up. <laughs> and and then so we're like, all right, coffee break. He's like, coffee break. So we sit down, we all make coffee. The moment I drink that coffee, I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm wired. We're good. And everyone else is like, we're good. Just need that five-minute break for some coffee, some food and calories. But I think that hallucination, I was like, oh, that could have been really bad. I almost just followed some random ghost lady into the woods. That is wild. Yeah. That is absolutely that- wild. Yeah. Now, now with with these these experiences and all these 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 miles under your under your feet, ever given any thought to uh, competing in the Barkley marathons? Uh, I if I got accepted, I think I would attempt it. Um, I don't think I would ever apply to join, but if I did get accepted, I think I would. But I don't know how to. I I, I imagine I'd fail after like ten miles. Yeah, I'm. I'm only only asked that question because your story of following a hallucination reminded me of one of the competitors this year who had to tap out when he realized that he was asking a trash can in Frozen Head State Park for directions. Yep, Carl's uh, Sabob Sob or something. Carl Sob, I think it is. Yeah, that's right. He was. Yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's tough out there. Tough out there. Wow. So eighty. So you ended up doing. Is it eighty-seven miles? Eighty-nine miles altogether at one stretch. Actually. I don't entirely know. Whenever the stretch between Silverton Durango is, it's like I want to say it's like eighty-three or so. Okay. What, whatever the hallucination told you, the distance was. Yes. Yeah. And then Chile and I did like sixty-five, and maybe like eighteen hours or something. Uh, and oh wow, so that, that has to be your longest twenty-four-hour stretch. Then is the the I think so. You did with Chile. Yeah, I, I think so. Yep. And we are gonna keep going, but we got shut down because of a thunderstorm. So. Mm-hmm. We had to seek shelter and go to sleep. Yeah. So how many thousands of miles have you done? Uh, I think just through long trails, or like day hikes and stuff. I think I'm around 85 to 8,700 okay. miles. And do you have a, a favorite day or a favorite moment that stands out from all of those? Uh, ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, there are so many days on the CDT that I think are probably my favorite day. Yeah. But the one that always sticks out is on the PCT. We did a sunrise summit of Mount Whitney. I think that was uh, that was definitely up there. That was really really incredible. I remember like waking up at like one a.m. and we we left camp late, but we were definitely faster hikers, so we caught up quickly. But we woke up and wa- walked out of like each of our tents. And we looked up, and we see like just a line of headlights going up the switchbacks, and it just looked right. so cool. And then getting up there and watching the sun slowly peek over the high desert for the highest uh, mountain in the lower forty. It was just so cool. Right now, did you were you at guitar when you woke up, yep. or were you in yep. Crabtree? Uh, guitar like, yeah, yeah. So, I think they have a new regulation that's just taken, taken effect in the last couple of years where they're requiring the PCT hikers uh, to not camp at Guitar Lake. I think they have to camp at Crabtree now. I believe it, yeah. It was, uh, I do remember we walked by uh, Crabtree, very law tents, and then we got to uh, Guitar Lake, and they were also like. I don't know, 10 or 15 tens. And I, I do think I remember thinking like, oh wow, this is there should not be this many tents right here. <laughs> this, 
but I, I get I get on board with that. That seems very reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. And for our listeners out there, I hear that the the sun sunrise hike of Whitney is just incredible. I would also like to pose that the sunset hike uh, is also uh, pretty incredible. I've done that a couple of times and we've ended up being the only people up at the top uh, during the Ooh. sunset hike. So it, it's it's pretty epic. It, it feels like you're the you know, you're all by yourself up there and uh, just real powerful. So that sounds sweet. Yeah. It was not, uh, how many, how many people busy. were up there on the, the sunrise uh, hike with you? Probably 25, 30. Yeah. It, They're all PCD hikers, but still busy. Right. Right. And, yeah. you know, we, we see images, pictures, videos from like uh, Everest and how, how crowded that is. How many people, the line of people up there. And there are some points on the trail where I found myself on the, on the passes in the Sierras and there's a number of people up there and just kind of looking out and surveying and trying to pick, you know, what, what's the next, uh, the next objective. And it feels like one of those, those mountaineering expeditions in the, in the, uh, the Himalayas. So. Yeah. The, uh, those first memories are pretty nuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, let's talk a little bit about your, uh, your, oh, we didn't talk about the long trail. What did you oh, think yeah. of the long trail? uh i mean i did in 12 days with one zero day so 11 days of hiking with one day off um that's 270 273 271 yeah i think just over 270 yeah yeah i don't know the exact knowledge i always forget that trail because it was just like so quick i just like a blip on the radar uh the northern section is really really cool and then the moment you get to the appalachian trail section it's kind of boring uh partially because i did it and also because like the northern section, you have these giant rugged like Mount Mansfield and um, I, I, I can't remember the other mountain, but Mount mm-hmm. Mansfield, the, the hike up and down that is so cool. And then you get to the southern sections on the AT and it's just like, blah, it's really not much going on there. Um, so I, I rushed through that part. Um, I did it in, I started with a resupply, resupplied at uh, Jonesville. And then I resupplied at like uh, eight on the long trail, and then it last hundred ten uh, miles in, I think like two and a half or three days. But uh, that was, yeah, it was. If I would do it again, I, it's because I was going for some sort of record, I think. But it was, yeah, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you were you were cooking there. I mean, that if you if you did an eleven days with a, with a zero, you're, you're averaging like close to thirty miles a day. Uh yeah the. Last day, our last two days, I think I did 37 miles and then like 48 or something like that. Um, that was same. I tried to do it all in one go the last 70 miles without sleeping. And then like what, like 2 a.m. came around and I was like, I, I can't sleep. I can't keep going. Like I was tripping over myself and just like, I could tell I was falling asleep. I was like, I'm just going to call it here. But um, I hiked that entire thing alone pretty much. And then the last, 26 miles this dude was like hey is that a plante pack and i was like yeah he's like can i take a look at it? i've never seen one I'm like sure and i'm like eating lunch and this dude's like has so much energy i'm like this guy's a little strange but you know whatever nice dude gave my pack he's looking at it. I was like oh cool he's like so where are you going to i was like oh, i'm gonna finish he's like that's 26 miles away and i was like yeah i'm just trying to be done already like i'm kind of over it like i want to do it as quick as possible he goes cool can i join you i was like yeah if, like if you think you can keep up man you're more than welcome to and next thing I know, this dude's like blowing me out of the water. And I was like, holy crap, this, I cannot keep up with this guy. And, I, and then like, this dude's like a little strange. And then like, the more we talk, I'm like, immediately I'm like, oh, this guy's like my best friend. And like, to this day, we still talk all the time. Um, super cool dude. 
Uh, I'm hoping to see him this summer in New York when I'm walking, but like, I ended up doing the last 26 miles together. We finished at like 1 a.m. Uh, and yeah, we, went, we finished at like 1 a.m., got in a motel room, and then like, I walked with him to uh, the next trailhead because he's going to keep going up into the gray lock to finish uh, mm-hmm. this section of the AT. And so, you know, gave him a hug goodbye and just went our ways, but super cool dude. And it'd be like my best friend went from like this really hyper weird stranger dude to, oh, this guy's awesome. He's like double my age, has like three kids my age and just all around great dude. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's probably not out of the ordinary that there are a lot of good people yeah. out on, on the trails, a lot of interesting people, a lot of, a lot yeah. of, uh, you know, quirky people out on the trails and, and, and that's all, that's all great. Yeah. I'm sure I've come across that way to people as well. Although I'm usually pretty quiet and don't talk to strangers. I'm like, mostly just because I'm just awkward. I don't like. Yeah. Oh somewhere God. on another <laughs> podcast right now, there's a, a father of three saying, you know, I met this quirky <laughs> dude on the long trail. I asked him about his pack and <laughs> how far he was going. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, you mentioned your photography uh, early on. Where, where can we find, um, examples of your prints and how to purchase um that's a good question uh everyone if people have bought prints uh people who purchase prints they always just go to my instagram like screenshot and like yo i want to order this and send it to me and then i'll go to my files and mail it to them or whatever uh but i do have a website it's sam through a lens uh that's t-h-r-u and i'm through hiking um so it's s-a-m-t-h-r-u-a-l-e-n-s.com um and like, I'm actually in the process of uploading all the CT photos right now, but yeah, I don't have a page. I probably should, or like a purchasing page, but I probably should. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, so that's, that's the website. And then I got Instagram, which is the same thing. Um, I have personal Instagram, which is Sam Robin King Conley. That's just like not my photography Instagram. But yeah. Got it. So that's, that's where I post my photos. Okay. Now you reached out to me a few days ago. And I uh, said, you've got this cause and you'd like to talk about this cause. And so we, we've talked, we've mentioned a couple of times, but uh, let's get to the details here of the cause. What is the cause uh, and what is the route that you're, you're walking for this cause? So starting May 15th, I will be walking from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean um, over the course of 100 days or less is my goal. Um, and then biking back um, if I have funds. But because uh so this great man michael pitney or as he was known on trail uh waker we hiked with him on the appalachian trail um in 2018 or sorry not 2018 in 2017 he did the Pacific crest trail southbound and then in 2018 he unfortunately took his own life um and i that was april 20th 2017 um i didn't hear about it until early may um when his I guess girlfriend at the time reached out uh, to me, Fuzzy, and Ducks, because um, he hiked the AT with us, to let us know. But May 15th, in honor and memory of him, I will be walking coast to coast and raising money for Good Samaritans, which is a Boston based nonprofit organization that provides life saving suicide prevention services throughout the greater Boston and Metro West Massachusetts area. Um, and all this, they do everything, all that stuff for free. Um, my good friend, my good friend's mom, I believe uh, her sister also took her own life. And that's, she's been doing stuff with that uh, charity now for years. So when I heard about it, I was like, oh, I'd like to help out. Um, 
this is the first thing I've done for them, really. So I think it's a good way. Um, it's, yeah, so pretty much that. That's what I'll Got be doing it for. Um, I know a lot of people, especially at work, uh, that see me all, all the time, have asked, like, help me, help me out and give me money for my hikes, but um, just donate to the, the campaign I have going. Um, that's all I ask, really. But, yeah, because... I mean, he was such a great dude that mm-hmm. I didn't, and it's like, it's pretty much, you know, whether you know or not, uh, a lot of people, you know, are probably going through some shit um, right. and they're probably battling some demons. And so just, yeah, I think yep. that was, so what was his name again? Uh, Michael Pitney. Um, his trail name was Waker. He Waker, W-A-K-E-R. Yes. Yes. He did the Appalachian Trail in 2016 and the PCT in 2017. And I believe he's also done every 4,000 foot peak in New York and New England. Wow. Yeah, you're exactly right. The, you, you never know what people are going through, what kind of baggage they're carrying, what kind of demons they're battling. Uh, a lot of folks out on the trails are uh, processing stuff, working working through stuff. And it, it, it's tough. It's tragic. Yeah. Tragic. I'm yeah. so sorry to hear about Michael. Um, you hiked the entire AT with him or just a section of it? Uh, just a section of it. We, so we ran into each other in Pennsylvania. Um, and then uh, he blew past us. Just to, I thought his name was Waker because he just left people's way because he was so quick. But uh, we, so he passed us in Pennsylvania, I believe. And then we didn't see him again until Shenandoah was during like a hurricane. And we got to a shelter and it's dumping out. And he's just sitting there reading his book. And he's like, yeah, I woke up, saw the rain. I'm like, I'm not hiking out in this weather. I'm like, yeah, we probably should have either, but here we are. <laughs> so we also end up getting like from the Shenandoahs, maybe a few hundred miles southbound. We hiked like every day with him, got a few motel rooms with him. Uh, and then actually, I think, I don't know where, but we didn't see it. We didn't, we didn't finish it with him. Um, but he, uh, I believe he unfortunately ended up getting off trail because the fires were so bad. And he wanted to do a continuous footpath and there was 40 miles closed, which ended up being like 70 and then 150. But I remember seeing him, I think in the Smokies. Um, and then he was, he found service to watch the world series, uh, the base baseball world series. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to sit here and watch him. All right, man, we'll see you tomorrow. And unfortunately never saw him again. Uh, cause he ended up getting off trail because of fires and, um, I unfortunately never actually got a chance to hang out with him or see him again. Uh, the winter of 2017, I remember he messaged me. Winter go, 2017 going into 2018, he messaged me like, oh, dude, come to Killington, let's go snowboarding. And I think my biggest regret in life is not going on that trip because it was supposed to know and I hate driving in wet conditions to like the hydroplane my car and totaled it uh, before. And I think that's something that I'll always regret is not going up to see him again. I never had the chance to. Um, I believe Fuzzy. Got the chance to go uh, snowboard with him, but and then, yeah, four months later, he took his own life. So, hmm. yeah, so sad, so tragic. Uh, yeah. h- how can people help fund fund your campaign? What where can they where can they go to to donate? Um, I will have the link to the donation page on my Instagram, um, as well as during the walk. I plan on doing every seven days. I'll make a post doing a quick little summary, miles walked, what like where I am, what I've gone through, pictures, stuff like that, uh, along, and then just every 
at the end of the post, I'll just, I'll just have the link. But it is, I don't know if there's a shorter URL, unfortunately, but it's Good Samaritans um, is the organization. Okay. I don't know if you're able to Google this. I'm just going to put Google. Let's see. Good Samaritans. Sam. Probably let's see if that shows up. Uh, unfortunately, no. All right. So I got to figure that part out. But okay. I, I will have the link in my Instagram bio. Um, and then hopefully I can find a way to shorten the URL for that as well to find that. But Got it. Now, what is the route that you're taking from east to west? <laughs> this is, let's see if I can, I'll just show you this. But uh, honestly, just plugging in Google Maps. <laughs> the I plan on starting in uh, in Boston on the Atlantic Ocean in Castle Island. And then going to right outside of LA, um, not exactly where sure yet, not exactly sure where yet, but figure that part out. Um, I just plugged in Google Maps and then I imported the GPX file into Gaia. So I'll send you a JPEG of this, but I don't know if you kind of okay. adjust. No, it's not really adjusting, but did that. And then my goal is to break it up into segments. So segment one will be from Boston to Buffalo, New York, and then try to like, Right now, obviously, Google Maps has you on roads, trails, or whatever, but I'm going to go into that and try to figure out how we can minimize road walking and see if there's any trails. Like, I know there is um, there's a few long trails that run east to west in the Great Lake region, so hopefully I can hop on one of those for a few days and just get off roads. But I do expect it to be a lot of road walking uh, and a lot of stealth camping. So it's going to be, it's going to be very different than everything I've ever than anything I've ever done before. All right. Hey, would you mind sharing your adventure with the, uh, with the John freaking mirror pod? Maybe uh, every so often you could record a, a little audio segment for the podcast here about, uh, you know, where, where you are in your trip, send it to me when you have good sell and I will include it on some episodes. So our listeners can keep track of your, of your adventure. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love that. Okay. And when you get to uh, LA in less than a hundred days, uh, reach out and uh, let's hook up. Yeah. If you want to do that, I'm trying to get as many people to do the first day as me as possible and the last day, just because I don't think anyone wants to do anything in between. <laughs> um, but th- this is an outgoing offer to anyone who's listening. If you want to join me for however long as you want, whether whether it's the entire trip or it's a few days or just a day, reach out to me on Instagram. You know, we can hook up and walk with me just to keep the company. That's I'd love to have people join me here and there. Um, or if you want to just do the first part um, or the last part, that would be awesome. But that's a nice outgoing offer to anyone. I will join you on the last day. Unless you're too fast, then I'll, then I'll be in a car right behind you driving very slowly. Oh, I, I have people, my, my friends are enjoying me and they're not, they're not hikers. So, <laughs> or even biking. I have some friends who want to bike and bike next to me on the first day. And that's welcome. That's more than welcome as well. Okay. Hey, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Raman, you know where we are? Uh, the impromptu top five. Uh, actually, we're gonna we're gonna. Do you have a top five for us? Uh, let's see. It, it could be it a just... category of your choosing. Oh, top five, whatever. I'm gonna totally honest, and I totally misread all of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, top five. No, I don't. I don't. I was okay. Not, then we're gonna read, we're, then we're gonna skip all. the top five. <laughs> okay, we're gonna we're gonna skip the top five instead. 
the pro tip insight of the week. That's right. Half calf. We are at that time of the episode where I turn to our guests and ask him for a bit of trail wisdom to make our listeners next outdoor experience even better. What do you have for us, Raman? Well, the first one that came to mind was this is something I picked up on the PCT. Always check the GPS, dot hooks or map or whatever, before you go off to dig your cattle and do your business. The amount of times I was like, oh, I'll get off trail and you go up and over a hill or you go downhill and you do, you do business, you do your business. And all of a sudden you realize that someone's walking 20 feet away from you because the trail ended up doing a big loop. Always check if the trail's going to turn right, left or go straight. Make sure it doesn't switch back. That's definitely something I've uh, messed up there a lot. Um, yeah, definitely. And now I do that every time to pull Gaia or gun hook or whatever I'm using and always double check. And then you can also see the topo line, see if, it's flat over there and you can actually walk or it's just a cliff. That's probably my number one tip. Uh, and then I actually have another one here. I love tips. Um, I, I love tips that have to do with doing your business. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it is important because uh, I think we've all experienced that moment of whether we, we've walked up on somebody or we, we've been the one, you know, doing our business yep. and then realizing, oh, the trail is like three feet away. That's awesome. Yeah, it's and it's like you're trying to do the right thing and do the LNT stuff, but then all of a sudden you're quickly realize that you're right next to a trail. So it goes, it's one to avoid the awkwardness of someone walking up on you or uh, you right next to the trail and, you know, double dips into the LNT and you're still off trail. Right. But all right. And um, you have another I, one for us. We get two for the I price do. of one. Nice. Yes. Don't be afraid to, like, you know, uh, especially for long trails, like take a different path and go somewhere because the AT. It's very strict on like you follow the AT and you don't get off trail. Peach tape a little bit if you on that, like Crater Lake, you know, that's a separate. You don't see the you don't see Crater Lake if you follow the red line, but if you get off trail, you see Crater Lake. Everyone takes that. The CDT is like a do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> right. And I think that should be, I think that should be accepted across all trails. Like the AT, if there's something cool off trail that you want to go see that cuts off a mile or even adds five miles, who cares? Go do that. And it's just, I like, I think that's where the adventure comes from. Uh, Captain came in and I had a, uh, I had a discussion on this once in the CDT. We were, we we're like the map and I was like, oh, dude, this looks like there's a trail this way. It cuts off, it cuts off like, I don't know, a quarter mile, but it's also not the official trail. I was like, let's do it. He's like, I'll always do that, whether it's a roadwalk or nothing, whether it cuts miles off or adds miles, just because the moment you set off, step, step foot off trail, you're into the unknown in terms of, is there a trail here? Is it maintained? You don't know what the water is like. You don't know what the resupply is like. You don't know where you're going. Whereas if you follow the red line, you have gut hook. You have a guidebook. You know where the road is, where the bridge crossings are, what what lays ahead. The moment you step foot off trail, it's just a whole different adventure. You're still getting the miles done. You're still getting to your destination, but you're adding just a little bit of unknown. And I think that is, those are always the best days. A little bit of unknown thrown into the mix makes things exciting. Yep. Okay. So there you have it. That's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with the Raman King. Want to thank him for joining us this week. Raman, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? I know you mentioned this before. Let's, let's talk about it again though. Yes. Uh, so my main Instagram that I just kind of post. Um, every like summaries on on my through hikes is Sam underscore Ramen King underscore Conley C O N L E Y. Um, so that that's the Instagram that I upload, update the most. That's just like my personal one with uh, you know just like classic Instagram stuff or you know trips. 
like every time I do a through hike or something like this, I always do a quick summary of the last section. Uh, people seem to really enjoy that. Um, it's just 10 videos or photos with miles done where I am and like a quick summary of each video photo. And then my photography Instagram that is updated less frequent is uh, Sam through a lens. So Sam underscore T-H-R-U underscore A underscore lens. Um, and then that's my photography Instagram. That it's a whole mishmash of everything from trail photos to portraits to car photos to climbing photos. I think it's probably mostly climbing photos um, when I'm not hiking, just because that's when I photograph the most. But yeah, that's, and then my website is the same thing. Got it. Sam Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And if you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamir at gmail.com. The adventure media recommendation. Oh, so dramatic. Sam, I'm also looking for you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, something out there that's going to help uh, keep our listeners connected to the trail. We're calling this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? Um, I briefly mentioned it before. I guess it's not really hiking related, but it was the Normocast. If you're a climber or enjoy climbing media in any way, uh, that is a great climbing podcast. It's phenomenal. Um, but that's, I think that's probably one of the most listened to podcasts. Uh, I just love climbing. I think, I definitely think I like climbing more than uh, hiking, but you can't really climb for five months straight. <laughs> um, and then movie-wise, I just watched... Uh, I think it was called The Last Pui um, yesterday on Disney+. Plus. It's uh, Alex Honnold, Mark Sinnott, um, uh, and Renan Ostark. They go to Guyana in South America to live with a biologist to go discover these, to go try to find new species of frogs um, because there, there's things called the Pui's, which are like giant sky islands, essentially. And oh, wow. During Pangea, when it split right. off, Mm -hmm. these pooies were the same level as Africa and when they split off it eroded around it so the biology at the base of the mountain is completely different than what's up top and essentially you can't get up top because helicopters can't reach there um, because it's so remote uh, you can't land a plane there so they have to hike in and they have to take these climbers in to climb this cliff to get this biology up biologists up there, try to get the biologists up there um, and they pretty much, I think in the filming of that, they discovered like six new species of frogs and stuff like that. And it's just like, it looks like a full-on adventure. I think in a podcast, I think on the Enormal cast, they talk about it where I think Renan or Mark Sinnott said it was more, uh, it was harder to, to do that than climb Everest. Wow. Well, that yeah. sounds phenomenal. I'm going to check that out. Okay. And that brings us to our last segment. Have we not asked you? Oh, half cap got a little crazy there. Yeah. What have we not asked you? Uh, what, that, what, what have we left out that uh, you, you're dying to tell us about? What did we miss? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I guess what I do in my spare time when I'm not hiking, which uh, other than working is just climbing, just rock climbing or during the winter ice climbing. Uh, that's pretty much it. Got pretty nice climbing this year. Spent way more money than I should have, but. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, that's a wrap from the John freaking your studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, Raman? Uh, yeah. Shout out to my partner, Trix, who is currently on the PCT um, around, I don't know where they are right now, mile 200 ish, um, just over 200 mile ish. 
Um, if you see them out there, you know, do some trail magic, give them a Snickers for me. Um, okay. Or, or, or some ramen, but vegetarian ramen because they are vegetarian. Okay. And so, is that Trix, T-R-I-X yeah. or C-K-S? Nope, T-R-I-X. Like T-R-I-X. I don't know why I thought that, but uh, there you go. Okay. So, yeah, shout out to them. Got it. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you've been following a hallucination off trail over a log over an imaginary river crossing. The trail is the trail. Embrace the suck. Miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at Ooh. that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.